Afternoon all, how are we doing? Change of scenery, I've got a load of Leeds paraphernalia all around me, Leeds Football Club, because I'm over at my accountants for the day, and so uh, hope you can still hear me, hope the signals, it actually looks like signals stronger than at our place, so uh, that's one good thing, although I'm over in Yorkshire, which always makes me a little bit on edge um, as, a, as a proud Lancastrian, so uh, forgive me if I'm off form, but I know a man who won't be off form, because that's Matt Phillips, who's loitering in the lobby, hopefully not making a, making a scene, I can see him sort of flexing, um, he was dancing away to the... Um, to the theme music, etc. So I'll bring him in without further ado, and we'll uh, we'll chew it over with the legend that is Matt Phillips. Matt, can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear, mate. Nice one, fantastic. So I don't know. There might be a few a few fools that don't know who you are. So we we'll just just make sure that we bring them up to speed. But uh, tell folk who you are and what you do. Um, so I'm hoping there are some people who don't know me. Otherwise, this is going to be a waste of time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my name is Matt Phillips. Um, uh, formerly years ago, when I first met Matt, probably met um, Jack, probably about 2013, 14, I was sport injury Matt. And since then, in contrast to Jack, who's gone to great things, all I've achieved is changed my name to Run Chat Live. <laughs> but that's basically, it was a few years ago. And yeah, I've gone down the um, route from going to sports therapist, 100% clinician, into more education. At one time, I was going around the country doing workshops aimed at both therapists and runners to try and put some evidence back into running injury and performance. Um, and then with a digital kind of age and realizing I could reach people without having to jump on the train, um, it became the podcast, um, which is live and yeah, brings in people, well, 52 people so far from around the world to try and help do exactly that, put some evidence back into an, an industry and area which still needs it yeah yeah no it's brilliant i've um uh, some of you that that might listen on a regular basis know how anxious i get about whether or not this is working so please do drop us some comments on the chat if you can hear us loud and clear if you have any questions for matt then do let us know uh, or any questions and comments generally that you feel you want to talk about either today or in the future um looks like my signal might be glitching a little bit so apologies if that's the case if i drop off then matt you just need to hold hold the hold for um what I uh, wanted to, to mention is that when, when we met, it's going to be, yeah, probably six years ago when we first met. Um, and I remember, you know, you, you, I say this, um, and, and, and those have heard me say it before, so it's certainly genuine when I say that you're just certainly one of the people in the, in the running game that I admire and, and, and look up to the most and have learned the most from in that space, especially just the pragmatic application of principles. Um, there are, there are, um, I'm certainly no academic myself, and so it's. I'm looking for sometimes voices that can offer a translation of material and evidence and understanding, but then also how that translates into practice. And I remember saying to you way back when about how I just wanted you to make sure that you didn't, you know, whilst you were evaluating things, and often many of us are, are sort of fraught with the imposter syndrome that comes with, with being exposed to all these great thinkers, is that I wanted to make sure that you didn't stop pushing yourself forward and recognizing your own role within that. Now, I come to regret that to some extent because what you've then done is, is simply compete in the interview and education space in such a way that intimidates me greatly. But you've decided to flex into that um, in such a way that then has meant that you've carved a real interesting market in the in the running game. I even have friends of mine that are just runners that then listen to your material, then were disappointed when I was on the show, etc. That's why they get in touch. It's like, what are you doing? You've you've actually ended up on my favorite podcast. And so how's that how's that been going, this this sort of new side of it with Run Chat Live? And how did it evolve from what you were doing before? I think it's um 
I mean, it's throughout life I've just gone from wall to wall to bang my head against, and and it's <laughs> I don't know, it's something about my personality likes that the challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things I've that's always frustrated me since like back in that national convention we all kind of appeared at and when Twitter was kind of taking off is the overcomplication of things with regards to therapists. And if there's one thing common amongst all the guests I choose, it's people who I feel are great communicators to runners. So when I give them like, you know, what do you want to be, Matt? What's the idea? What's the go of the show? The idea is right. Well, you need to give me a show which is going to appeal to both the therapist and also to a runner, and they're going to get something from it, which is often difficult for some people, if not impossible. But the idea is that, yeah, with One Chat Live, the runner who's interested um, could listen, and there'll be a little bit of kind of technical stuff, but the idea is that it's translated into a form they can understand. Because I think that's one of the biggest problems in our industry particularly with a lot of sports and just with healthcare in general is is therapists and the patients are not on the same page and often that's because the therapists aren't even asking the patient what they want or what the problem is it's always like straight away this is wrong with you i know how to fix this i've done a course and and we know where that leads so yeah that's been the goal of run chat live and it still is um and the feedback i get generally i mean last year's conference one of the bits of feedback was from some runners and personal trainers at times it it went a little bit too technical um not in your presentation that was fantastically simple to understand <laughs> but um <laughs> um but yeah so this year i'm really making sure that um all the speakers have been told you just don't dumb it down but make sure you translate it and it's tricky because even now yeah. it's natural for us to say oh yeah well when you're looking at the uh medial calcaneus and it's like well, well hold on you've just lost yeah. all the runners now why do yeah. we even use that language why do we half the time why do you even have to learn it exactly so that's the idea anyway heel bone would do yeah I, I, I was certainly no risk of me um ever being too technical <laughs> is there that's one thing that's good yeah that was easy for you know, it just felt really easy for us to understand it's like well yeah because i were never going to be able to to juice it up um what i want to talk about then is is run chat lives conference because last year certainly one of the i've been to loads of i've been to loads of events and the, and the good bad and the ugly of, of cpd um but that really was a, a who's who of, of, of great thinkers in that space. I've, I certainly was uh, a bit of an imposter, but fortunately you'd put me into a topic that was sort of uh, a framing piece in and around sort of uh, cutting through um, nonsense, et cetera, rather than it being on a running specific topic. So that was that felt like I had some appropriate place. But it really made me, it gave me heart that those sorts of events are still incredibly important. You can have podcasts, you can have ongoing conversations, you can have interviews, but some of the material delivery and the panel discussions and just hashing that out over a more specialist subject, it just really re, you know, re-energized me in that, in that direction. Now, you've got the challenges that have come from event running is that, you know, it's generally speaking with all the all the measures that have come off the back of the pandemic, you've had to adjust. But um, I'm really excited for the lineup that you've got for this year's event. So talk us talk us through it and, and tell us how, how we can get tickets to that. Yeah. So first of all, I mean, what I love about all my guests and you are guests on One Chat Live is the modesty. So thank you for putting yourself down and keeping the tradition of my guests. You were a brilliant um, opener for the whole conference. It was always going to be you because you just set the scene. I mean, you are the Physio Matters podcast. Um, so, you know, back in the day, you were probably one of the first to actually said, right, let's get some evidence out there. So mm. just not letting you put yourself down too much. It's not fair on you. That. But um, 
So, yeah, I mean, last year was amazing. If I was a good business person, then Run Chat Live would be the biggest thing in the world, but I'm not. And that kind of, when when the person putting the website together, because it's going to be on therapistlearning.com, which is fantastic. Now we know it's all going to be um, online. Um, they kind of said to me, oh, one thing, Matt, um, have you got any testimonials from last year? And I was like, oh, yeah, good point. I'll have a look back. And I looked back at my emails from October 2019. And, of course, there was like about, Oh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 testimonials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't nice. used them. Have they been placed anywhere from my inbox? No, they weren't at all. So um, unfortunately, well, maybe it's fortunate. Maybe that's what keeps One Chat Live real. I don't know. It's, I'm not that great a business person. But anyway, this year it's going to be all online, um, which is a shame because it's supposed to be One Chat Live and not One Chat. Here's another list of presentations all strung together and put sure. in the package. But that said um the content is still going to be amazing and it is all going to be alive like some some speakers who are used to other conferences have said oh maybe we just send over a recording or something that'd be simpler less mistakes matt and i'm like no that, that's not going to work i want there to be mistakes because i think that's an important part of it if you're a credible speaker i know the logistics of it and probably something will go wrong and but the logistics what i'm trying to sell is that to be a great therapist, to be able to communicate, you've got to be a teacher who's standing in front of a class, not somebody who's organized something, edited it, changed it, put it together. No. So all my speakers are going to be speaking live um, from their homes. And uh, it's going to be continuous. I'm going to be on from 8.30 in the morning till 5.45 or 6 o'clock in the evening in the intervals. There's going to be people dropping in, past speakers and people from the industry, chatting, saying hello, letting us know what they're up to. So it is still going to be different. And that was my biggest goal just to make sure i want people to think i'm not just going to dip into one and then get on with my day people need to actually take two days off and book it out as two days of cpd because even in the intervals even in the lunch break where i'm going to stay on and have my lunch in front of everybody and invite various special people are going to pop in and say hi that's going to be quality cpd as well because yeah, just putting just talk just listening and sharing well it needs to i like that because what we what you achieved last year was just a truly immersive experience like apart from unless people were wanting to tweet about it, people just struggled to keep their phone in their hand because it was so, not just when the sessions were on, which were obviously really interesting, but just the atmosphere and the community around Run Chat Live is, it's so appropriately specialised, not just because, not not in a specialist sense of like the nerdy stuff in and around running, of which there was some, but it was this, that translation piece and all of us as a community trying to think, right, how do we mastermind better care for patients but also how can we better instill good running practices for injury and performance measures and and everyone there and you, you know it's because it's sort of an extension of your personality is it's like it's such a melting pot we're all sometimes so confused but let's talk it out together that atmosphere i'm, I'm confident that we're going to be able to emulate that online this time um, and it, it will be it will be adjusted but it certainly won't be samey uh, and, and that's what everyone seemed to take from last year's event. And so if anyone's got any interest in, in running injury, running performance, but also in whatever capacity it might be as a therapist, as a runner, as an interested party in the industry, then that specialized look and the ability to just down tools and just think in that direction amongst like minds is just it's such a brilliant opportunity. And so I'm really excited for what comes from, from this year. What I do want to know, though, is when you're – when you're picking, I know what it's like to organize events, et cetera, but when you're picking stuff like this and you're that specialized aspect, how, how tough are the choices for the slots and, and 
how do you do the research to actually build such a program as you've got? It's interesting because the first last year, basically, I just chose the 10 people who've had the most impact. Well, I chose nine people who've had the most impact on my life and you. <laughs> and I put them all together and thought these are the 10 people. So which turned out to be kind of great, especially for me. And one of the biggest moments for me was just bringing people together in real life. It was like Christopher Johnson um, from Seattle shaking hands with Derek Griffin from Ireland and um, Simon Bartold from Australia meeting J.F. Escudia from Canada for the first time, even yeah. though they've been talking to each other and debating across yeah. the internet for probably 10 years. Yeah. So it was amazing. And that was, that was a beautiful thing. And I was quite down when I thought that's not going to happen this year. Sure. Um, Matt Fitzgerald is one of the speakers and I was so looking forward to bringing him to to Brighton to be in the same room as as any runner you know it's just yeah. such an opportunity yeah, yeah, and, and as a case for all the speakers but so this year when it came to choosing speakers suddenly I thought okay I can't kind of choose all the people I like it's just that's yeah. nice for me but there's actually an audience out there as well so I went very much more by um, topics and areas of the industry which are important and emerging and by doing that and looking at topics, then the people turn up that way around. So I'm hoping that this year's presentation, that's been the feedback I've got, for example, um, women's health is a big topic and has been for the last year, thanks yeah. to the work produced by, well, Granny Donnelly, according to you, but Granny Donnelly, <laughs> Emma Brockwell and Tom Groom um, with the publication they put out the guidelines to return to running. So Emma, well, it was meant to be Granny as well, but she couldn't come. So Emma's going to be standing up there and talking about that, which is fantastic and leader in the research at the moment in the field um, and other areas as well. I mean, I have got some favorites back who I still think kind of command as far as I'm concerned. The area like Ben Cormack we've got this year, I wanted last year. He's very much going to be talking about pain and movement. Mm. Um We've got, let me just refresh my mind and think. I mean, the podiatrist was hugely popular last year. And that's something which still, I think if there's one profession where physios and sports therapists think, oh, no, this is too much for me. Let's hand it over to yeah. someone else. It tends to be podiatry, particularly with runners. The fear yeah. of do, do they have an insole or not? How important mm -hmm. is shoes? So Trevor Pryor this year, who's, you know, completely up there with Simon Bartold um, and Ian Griffiths from last year will be uh, presenting information on shoes and orthotic devices and stuff. But it's, yeah, it's the content. Claire Minshall, strength training for runners is a massive topic, which finally therapists are kind of understanding now. Thanks you've to been kind banging, of Mike that, James you've last been banging year. that drum for so long. I bet it's yeah. reassuring that that's starting to break through. Claire Minshall, Andy McCauley, you, know, you and Mike James have been making that noise for a while. Nick Grantham, just, it feels like there is a, a real turning the tide there. And so you must be delighted because, yeah, probably the first words I ever heard from your mouth. But it's interesting as well, because I think like when I ch was chatting to Dr. Ben O'Nig in a couple of episodes back, I mean, there's a guy who's been doing research for 35, 40 years, and he's still moving from papers from 86 and thinking, I've still got something I've got to test on that and still looking for answers. Um, and that kind of hit home to me, the message that, yeah, last year we were talking about strength training, but now we've got a bunch of therapists who give out strength training, but they're just kind of handing out either over complicating it or just handing out three sets of 10 or whatever. Yeah. So every time you get some information out there, then you need to come back and address it again. So that's what's happening this year. A lot of the themes introduced last year, last year, for example, and this was probably one of my highlights from last year was actually a certain discussion between, well, fueled by you, I think myself, and the kind of um, fascia lovers down in the audience. 
if you remember that. It was it was great. I think it was um there was a few questions. In fact, Anna Maria was here. In fact, it was you against Anna. We could do it again here. We could I remember it. I remember it. I remember it well. No, I mean, and it was me, a bit me, uncomfortable at times. Me, me, and, me and Anna have, uh, have got, our relationship has gone from strength to strength well, from that moment. Absolutely. Look what that's led to. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to say that was the catalyst for it. It was. Absolutely. No, you, you might not want to say it, but it was. Yeah. Well, it did. I mean, this year, definitely. I mean, later on today, I'm chatting um, with Anna Maria and Matt Scarsbrook and, um, and we're going to be on the on the, the Massage Matters podcast. And I like to think inside, even though it's the first time I've said it out loud, that hopefully last year where there was that question, well, hold on, you've got 10 speakers. Why is there not one massage therapist up there? That really hit home to me. And I was like, so this year, well, they asked for a massage therapist and I'm bringing Alice Sanvita, who might not be exactly what they they, they expected with her hashtag shit that massage therapists say, but she is a fantastically no, huge she, she's um, person and really influential. So she'll be there this year. Anna's just wanting us to clarify. There were two different things that, that me, me and Anna ended up having a really interesting back and forth in and around sort of hands-on <laughs> care, which was good. But then it wasn't about fascia. That was more with some of the podiatry fraternity. Mm, that that's true. Of, um, but, but yeah, it was just a really interesting discussion that, that was occurring from, from panel to audience. And it's worth mentioning that that was such a good example of how it really was that community, right? It felt inappropriate for there to be a stage, you know, you don't care about the furniture sometimes, but it was kind of that everyone in the audience felt involved in what felt like a, you know, a 70 person round table. And that's how it should feel. I know that me and you, one of the first times we met was, uh, well, not the first time we met, but the first time we really spent much time together was on a Greg Lehman course and stuff that you'd hosted. And, and, and that atmosphere that we enjoyed on that, on that weekend is something that felt like it had been emulated where it's like all voices really count here because we're all trying to solve this conundrum together and that and, and no one should feel inappropriate to challenge and stuff and, and that atmosphere was brilliant i just want to ask the live audience that might be tuning in we get some people live some people tuning on their uh, on their commutes etc so feel free to post comments after the fact either on the podcast etc we we get that out on the podcast feeds but for those that are tuning in live i, I want to we're not going to move too far away from necessarily run chat live as a conference now but i'm just going to want to take 10 minutes to pick matt's brain over some running related injury and performance stuff and so if you've got any burning questions then please send them in or or anything you'd like me to put to Matt or, or for him to reflect on. But one of my questions, Matt, when it comes to something you've mentioned already, which is that there might be some movements in a positive direction with regards to strength and conditioning, but sometimes excessive specificity sometimes comes comes for it and, so, and such that people sometimes want to take what is the latest thing and then move it through what they perceive to be a really niche expert lens and start to be really infer that their specific flavour of something is is the be all and end all. Now, when it comes to, here, here be the question really, is that when it comes to injury, I feel quite comfortable and, and your work has really helped me to understand a bit of relativism around that space where it's like you really can't make bold claims based on evidence to suggest that any specific model is better than another. Really, we've got to go for broad principles and then the individual end of one is based on that whole person's needs and goals. But when it comes to performance, it's just not my space. And so I end up wanting to ask you as to whether or not you feel that the evidence is pointing towards any specific things or any styles of practice that are better than than others in the performance aspect and how different is that to injury prevention research that's a really good question really really good um 
I mean, it's very difficult. Studies lack in performance because it's so difficult pinning anything down. It's so so multifactorial. I mean, even injuries difficult but it's easier to kind of do trials and tests and studies on injury than 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 with performance it's practically impossible with performance to have everybody all the all the other variables kind of like leveled out but i kind of think that that i mean the main thing coming out of therapy these days as well as distinctions and barriers and boundaries between different types of practitioners kind of blending in so these days is it's addressing going to seek the person as opposed to the osteopath or the chiropractor or the sports therapist or the yeah, physio definitely. i think also we're realizing now that although it's really important to have an idea of the sport of the person you're working with so in my case my history has been running so it's with runners it's all very much becoming everywhere even just with a non-athletic population very center a patient center focus it's all about now asking the questions to the individual the whole biopsychosocial framework has opened up um the fact that we need to kind of still consider the bio but very much take into consideration everything else about the state of the person and the environment they find themselves in so i think again even when, when it comes to measuring even something like performance the whole thing about seeing the low-hanging fruits is there as well. It's it's the same way as with injury. You would um, stay away from trying to grasp at things like type of shoes and and uh, what part of the foot's hitting the ground and that sort of stuff. With performance, again, you're looking at things like uh, recovery with sleep, um, with nutrition, with all of this kind of for the first time in ages, we can actually truly use the word holistic again without feeling like we're telling people <laughs> yeah, about the tree. It's actually yeah. come back now, and I yeah, think yeah. it's quite a valuable word. Yeah. I don't know how long for, but <laughs> I think that's the best word to use here. It is. And if yeah. you're really going to help a runner of any level, it's addressing those things, the low-hanging fruits, of, of which probably they've forgotten about because, as with injury, they're being bombarded every day with quick fixes and magic bullets and stuff. Mm. Um and also just being the other big thing I think about being a successful clinician these days is, is, is just not being afraid to be wrong and realizing that it's not black and white and, and realizing, feeling confident in front of your client to say, you know what, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work, then fine, at least we can rule that out and then we'll do this. That's what everybody should be saying these days because it mm. is a guessing game. And whilst we're dealing with human beings, I'm pretty sure it will always be a guessing game because mm. humans are so complex. We're never going to have a, um, like a, a a handbook like a car has or something mm. well, i think that's one of the things that i, I mentioned at the start and uh, your your disposition is such that you're that way out you are inquisitive but also i mean it's funny you were you were stroking your beard before you had one you knew all, you were always that guy that was doing it when we met you didn't have that magnificent beard and you were just but you were still someone that i, I whenever i think about you i do i see you stroking your chin is because you have always had that that about you it's not as if you've kind of come to that i mean maybe you used to you know you tell me stories of your youth and, and maybe you were arrogant and brash but i've always sort of had that you've had that influence that sort of wise influence on on, on me and others but what I want to try and just for, for the last few minutes, I'm going to be a swine and say that if I was to use an example uh, about where there might be a case for something stronger in the performance game than there is in the injury game, let's just go for running form and say I'd be confident on my take on that. But when it comes to, say, running form and, say, the um, – you know, just the metabolic costs and the efficiency and things like that that might come from it, where there might be a stronger case for moving someone towards a different type of form. Whereas when it comes to sort of, apart from in specific cases, 
you won't want to necessarily, you know, I'm all for tinkering with people's form for injury reasons. But when someone comes to me uninjured and said, I want to run in a way that is going to be decrease my injury when there's no injury history, then I'm feeling, I'm, I'm a big relativist in that space where I'm like, you know, you run how you run and, and, and don't be making mistakes to try and aspire to run a specific way for injury reasons. Whereas for performance reasons, I'm often told that that is something that there is more there is more room in that direction. Um, do you feel that that's a fair representation? If I've understood the question correctly, I think I'd say no. I don't. Really? I think we're as guilty as we are with injury in trying to standardise how people should run. We're guilty of just recognising when things have worked, when we've told people to stand more upright, or when we've tried to get both knees pointing in the same direction. I think, um, again, it's a bit of a game. There's there's common characteristics to successful running forms out there, but there's still variation even amongst elites, and the variation gets bigger and bigger the further you move down towards recreational. And in the years that I've been doing gait analysis, it's, it's a clear movement away from, I mean, 10 years ago, it was like everybody just looking at the amount of pronation um, and filming and trying to look at particular structural things going on and, and knees pointing in the same direction. But these days, and I, I write about it a lot, the gait analysis can't just be get on the treadmill, let's look how you run. The gait analysis, like any consultation, will start with a subjective for probably 45 minutes. And that's where all the answers are going to be. Um, the, the actual mm. way they run for me is similar to um, looking at what type of shoes they wear. Or it's still very much at the top of the pyramid when you're looking at trying to help someone improve. It's only really when somebody is suffering from a niggle or a pain that you can say, okay, right well that's actually easier for me now because we got some right. ways we can play around yeah. here and offload that tissue we can play with cadence because we're mm. trying to do that and shift it away but with performance running form for me still sits it it cringes every time i see someone who's posted makes me cringe every time i see a picture of somebody who's posted a video of a runner saying what can you see and it's like for me you that's like yeah it's, exactly. it's the same as saying anyone recommend some good shoes it's yeah. an empty question and really we've got to stop doing that. If it's in a closed group and people are just kind of chatting and opening up debate, but you see nothing. Everybody moves. We're all so unique as human beings. Um, getting from A to B is such a unique way of doing it. Um, and, mm. and that's part of the problem. That's where I think we've got such a high instance of runners and probably runners who aren't achieving as much as they could do. Yeah, because they're focusing on the wrong things. No, well, that's reassuring. As I say, I really genuinely can see a gap in my knowledge that maybe I'm being I'm painting with too broad a brush when I uh, sometimes get accused of being a bit of a nihilist in that space where sometimes I'm not one that wants to aspire anyone to what will be biomechanical or textbook normal or or even optimal um, because of the the way in which I see things in my my field of therapy with regards to pain whereas when it comes to performance I'm, I'm not a running coach and want to aspire to be one even it's not my game I mean I like to run and, and I like working with runners but it's not something that I want to overstep but I have this understanding that there maybe is a gap with regards to efficiency and the metabolic stuff that, that maybe I'm missing but James has commented tinkering with form can help sometimes, for performance can help sometimes, but as, as always, it's bigger things to address first, usually to improve performance in the majority. It sounds like that is a, a staunch agreement with you, Matt. Um, we've not really got time uh, to, to visit it in, in much detail, but David has said, does holistic cover all facets of therapy? So you know, how are you using that word? Does it include all aspects of manual therapy and strength and conditioning? 
for me when i use holistic now and, and i'm quite old so it does make me cringe a little bit when i say the word and hear myself saying it but for me holistic means the whole person and also the environment they're in it's everything because we are as well as uh, being a product of what's inside us we're also a product of what's around us mm-hmm. so that's why we have to ask the questions to the runners so holistic is everything it's the relationships with the environment it's anything you can attribute that's going to affect that person's life yeah that's it strength and conditioning manual therapy and crystals of course, you know, there's, 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 if they're uh, going to see somebody for crystal work, then that's an important factor to take into consideration <laughs> true, for other reasons. But you need to know about it and address it differently wanna, than you would do somebody you're else. Right, you're absolutely right. You do want to know. And, and weirdly, you might suddenly start to care about the horoscope if they do. And also, um, the other thing I just want to say, because, I mean, we do laugh about crystals and aura cleansing, and that's kind of where we come from. But listening to, I think it was Brendan Chaplin the other day I chatted to in the Sports Therapy Association, who's a great strength and conditioning coach. Really, I've never chatted to him before properly, and that's the joy of my job as a yeah, chatter yeah. like you. And um, it really made me think, like, he works a lot with MMA athletes and stuff, and he was just saying, you know, sometimes you've got to give that person what they want, even though you know it's not going to do anything. So with a lot of athletes, he just gives them some massive, let's turn over some lorry tires and hammer them, even though he knows that's not exactly what they need to achieve what they want to do in that point. You've got to give people a little bit of what they need because that's the only way you're truly working with a person in front of you. Um, and that made me kind of a little bit less critical and laughing at people and things they do because holistic yeah. means why is that person believing that mm. Crystal's going to help them, you know, and yeah. maybe one day they won't, but maybe you continue helping them and let them believe that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I think I, I end up, um, the, the big thing for me is about what, what association and attribution occurs from that you know it's, it's so you know the crystals are benign they're not doing anything but then sometimes they can have a deleterious effect depending on what is being attached to them and so yeah understanding that is key um, so yeah i do agree and uh, i love the uh, fact uh, we're talking about crystals and chewing it over i do of course I can't wait are, for the yeah, outtakes of this <laughs> yeah it's gonna get clipped uh we're gonna we're gonna pay for that well we are, we are out of time but let's summarize by saying where can people find uh, more information and then tickets to run chat live virtual conference so very excited that um yeah it was eventbrite but now it's on well it's all it's mainly on therapistlearning.com so if you go to therapistlearning.com which is kind of home of all the talks from um therapy live with its how many was it 12 13 14 000 people in the end i can't remember how many it was. 22 but, mate but 22 sorry to 22,000 people. Yeah. you. But yeah, so um, <laughs> that's where all those are now. So I'm really thrilled to be working with the guys there. And if you go to therapistlearning.com, affectionately known as TL.C, um, if you t- the easiest thing is type Run Chat Live in the courses because it's down as a course because these people work with the CPD. Um, and then up you'll find um, last year's uh, chats and presentations. And you'll also find the fact that this year there's um, the English version but also we're doing simultaneous translation to Spanish, which is something I'm kind of quite passionate about um, because I've got lots of Spanish friends. I've been doing some work in South America and stuff. So the whole of the conference this year will be with um, Natalia, who's going to be patiently translating everybody as they speak, which is a massive task for her. Um, She'll be pleased I'm not speaking this year because how fast I speak. So uh, (laughs) I've had some, uh, some hate before from translators that I've worked with where I've needed to slow down and I'll lose my train of thought when I go slow. So that's that's one good thing now i'm really excited but mike's noticed what i did this morning which is that you know, obviously being involved in tlc i saw that there were two sales this morning they're going to start going quick when people start realizing that's available so very excited and if you haven't already then get your tickets to run chat lives conference when is it again give us the date 
so two days across the 29th and 30th of October. And just to, this isn't like a marketing thing, but be, because basically of Zoom that they're using there, it will be a cap on the tickets. So there will come a time where I think we've got about just over 100 left. So it sounds like a, sounds like a selling thing. But if you are interested, then don't put it off. Just get it now because there will come a time where physically we just can't say it won't be like other talks they say we've got a maximum of five thousand it's up to fifteen thousand yeah. we've now got yeah. twenty thousand we can't do <laughs> it because we're not we're paying that much for zoom that's exactly, yeah, we got a maximum that's exactly what we did last time but yeah we've been having to because we set that precedent and people thought we were doing that with therapy live next one the sport one that, that is not the case that is hard and fast but you're absolutely right sometimes those goalposts get moved but in this case you know do snap do snap okay. it up yeah. Um, and I can't recommend it highly enough. So thanks for joining me. Um, uh, thanks for asking and, me. Uh, and it's been it's been great. I'm sure we'll 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 chew it over on various other topics, especially after the fact. I definitely want you get get you on to debrief. Uh, but uh, as ever, I always really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for all the work that you continue to do. Oh, no bother. Pleasure. Speak to you soon, mate. Ta-ra. Take care. Thanks all. Thanks for listening.